This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. Annyeonghaseyo. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. And you are listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. 
care everyone, I'm Arina Aizal, the station's community connector and we are here at Otago Access Radio for Connecting Cultures Features Show. So as you heard, Connecting Cultures Features features interview with the multicultural people of Dunedin. So today is New Zealand Chinese Language Week. New Zealand Chinese Language Week is a Kiwi-driven initiative that aims to increase Chinese language learning in New Zealand. The initiative is first of its kind in any Western country and emerged in the context of a rapidly strengthening relationship between New Zealand and China. So New Zealand Chinese Language Week seeks to bridge the cultural and linguistic knowledge gap between China and New Zealand by delivering fun and practical initiatives that assist Kiwis to learn Chinese, ranging from programs and resources in schools and libraries to businesses and government organizations. So today, I'll be speaking to my friend, Carmen Ma, uh, by Zoom. So she speaks both Mandarin and Cantonese, and she'll be sharing with us what it means to be Chinese, her culture, and also teach us some Chinese words. Kia ora, Carmen. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. <laughs> that sounds um, great. <laughs> yeah, so New Zealand is currently at level 2 in Dunedin, but still level 3 in Auckland. Um, mm-hmm. For the listeners out there, so hopefully everyone else is taking care of themselves. Um, Carmen, how do you take care of yourself post-lockdown? Post-lockdown... That's a good question. Um, mostly I try to be kinder to myself, I guess, because I feel like lockdown has been hard on me as well because it just kind of messes up your schedule. Yeah, just everything is just out of sync. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just try to be kinder to myself and like just let myself know I'm just doing my best at the, like with what I have as well. That's yeah. a very good tip, especially with some things on social media where people are trying to be productive over lockdown because Mm -hmm. they can but that might not necessarily work for some people Mm, yeah definitely yeah oh thank you for sharing that um i feel like it's good to you know talk about (laughs) the current situation yeah Um, yeah, it just impacts on mental health a lot, I guess. And just being a psychology student as well, you can kind of just see how much it impacts on people. And I guess a lot of people are talking about that as well, since it just affects different people differently. Like, I see a lot of people not as happy this year about the lockdown compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Because since last year, a lot of people are like just happy being at home and be able to like listen to their lecture recordings compared to like this year they prefer being out and about instead Mm. there has been like um a downfall from the feeling of last year because last year we didn't know what was happening and but we did go through that depression depressive (laughs) episode Mm -hmm. and then this year when it happened it's like we knew we know how it felt you know yeah. yeah, and it's just a fear of going through that again. Um, was there any difference between last year's lockdown and this year's lockdown for you? Um, I'm definitely more relaxed in last year's lockdown since like I'm not involved in more things that I'm in this year. Because this year I'm more involved in like 
clubs and like uh, other volunteering stuff. But last year I was I was just a student. I wasn't involved in any clubs. I wasn't volunteering. So yeah, definitely there's more things to do this year. So mm-hmm. there's just a bit more stress, I guess. Yeah, true. And for me, I was probably a lot more stressed last year than this year, mm-hmm. um, but in different ways. Because last year I was in student politics, studying final year, need to graduate, mm-hmm. and this year uh, working full time, working from home full time. You know, that's a really that's a different um, kind of experience but um hopefully we can go through this yes we get through <laughs> it <laughs> luckily we're in level two yes we can yes. still buy food yes yeah and we can still meet with people i think that's uh, a sense of connection that i really missed mm. yeah. yeah definitely yeah, uh, unfortunately, we are still doing this via Zoom, but um, it's really important that people know about you, what you do, and especially mm-hmm. talking about Chinese Language Week uh, this week. I feel like there has been a lot of um, social media sharing as well about people learning Chinese as their first, uh, as their second language, additional mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. Um so I do want to talk to you about that side of you. Uh, but mm-hmm. before that, I heard that you mentioned just now that you study psychology. Can you tell us about your studies, where you're at? Yep. Um, so I'm a finalist in uh, majoring in psychology and a minor in biochemistry. Um, the biochemistry is just mainly an interest and I major in psychology mostly because I my goal is to be like a clinical psychologist. And for me, there's just more of a chance for me to have that occupation here in New Zealand compared to back in Malaysia, where it's still considered like a bit of a taboo topic there as well. Yeah, but I'm going to graduate soon. It's mm. just exciting. <laughs> it's exciting, yeah. Do you think you'll miss being a student though? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I kind of plan to go back into studies after like maybe working one or two years because mm-hmm. I want to get my master's as well. That means yeah. you do like studying. <laughs> I do like studying compared to working, definitely. Um, I feel like I'm the opposite. Like I already oh, yeah. made up my mind that I'm never going to go back to studying. <laughs> If I, I if I want to, it'll probably be like a short course, you know? Like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. something that's not really something like full-time. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that. I feel like we both have, like, we both have psych backgrounds, but in different ways, because you're mm-hmm. more into like science, the chemistry mm-hmm. of uh, psychology, but I'm more into the social side. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, so you are an international student? Yes. Yes. Can you tell me about the journey and also the experience of being an international student in New Zealand? Yep. So I came here about two years back, uh, almost three years by now. So I just did quite a bit of research in uh, studying New Zealand and like the different universities in New Zealand as well. And basically, I had almost everything planned out since I was like 15. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, and that's mainly because uh, my parents pushed me to study overseas as well. Because I guess it was the, like maybe raising equality or maybe like, 
I'm not sure. Maybe they want more opportunities for me, so they push for that as well. So I guess coming over here, it really just gives me like the pressure to want to succeed, because it's kind of like that they invested so much time and energy in me as well. It's like kind of a waste if I don't succeed as well. And money. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Can totally relate um, to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was surprised when I came over and I see other Malaysians as well because I wasn't really expecting that. But Dunedin has quite a big like community of Malaysian and Malaysian Chinese as well. Yeah. yeah. So I found that surprising, and I didn't expect like the drinking culture here as well. <laughs> yeah, not a, peop- not a lot of people talk about that. But I guess once you, you get here, then you see what's happening, and yeah. Yeah, th- that wasn't in the University of Otago no, pages. No, <laughs> definitely not in the advertisements. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like how our expectations were and like reality. Um, and definitely. for you, you knew you were coming from the age of 15? Um, I had it all planned out when I was 15, but uh, I came here when I was like 18, 19. That's a very yeah. early plan. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of knew I was coming to New Zealand, but I didn't know I would be coming this early because mm-hmm. um, I grew up here during primary school. I knew I was going to come back, but I don't. I didn't know it was going to be for my foundation year. You know, um, but still, everything about Dunedin still shocks me. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm learning new things. <laughs> even until now, and even until now, sometimes, like, yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's the the thing about making a new place home, right? You learn oh, new definitely. things. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, let's talk about your culture. Mm-hmm. So we both share the same Malaysian culture, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we don't share the same like ethnic culture. So as you're sharing this, I might know some things, but I might not know some things. But I feel like our listeners wouldn't know. Yeah, uh, some might, but like this is Carmen's story, so I'm really excited to hear um, that uh, her culture side. Can you please share? Yep. So yeah, so being Malaysian Chinese. It's really like, for me, it's like a good 50-50, I guess, being both a Malaysian and a Chinese. But uh, since like we are also like a minority like race in Malaysia as well, so I guess compared to like being Malay coming over here is way different as well. Because I see like some people talking about, oh, like coming as a majority and then being in New, Z- in New Zealand, they are now like a minority, which is like quite a change for you as well. But for me, it's like I was already a minority and I came over here, I'm still a minority. So like it doesn't really impact me as much. So yeah, I guess that's a big difference for me as well. But yeah, and being Malaysian Chinese, I guess we do celebrate a lot of Chinese traditions as well. Like the Lunar New Year, the Qingming Festival, or like the last week's uh, Mid-Autumn Festival as well. Um. Yeah, and I guess the Malaysian celebrations as well, like the Verdeka or like the 
Islam celebrations as well with like Hari Raya. Um, yeah. There's a lot of celebrations when you're Malaysian because oh, oh, we're so multicultural, so we celebrate each other's celebrations too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I, I really like when you mentioned about um, you were already a minority in Malaysia, and when you come here, you're still a minority. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I feel like. I didn't think about because yeah I was from Malaysia being Malay uh, the majority and coming here and I felt that shift of isolation when people don't look mm-hmm. like me you know yeah yeah. Um, that's very interesting you mentioned just now about uh, last week's event the yeah. Mid-Autumn Festival can you tell us more about that? Um, yeah, so it's the Mid-Autumn Festival, so we usually have mooncakes, uh, which is like kind of like a symbolism of like unity of like family reunion. So usually people celebrate it with like friends and family as well. So the mooncakes have like different flavors. So like, uh, there's like, I think there's like uh, salted egg yolks, there's uh, the lotus seed paste kind of thing. But there's also like the more fancier types, which is like you can have it like with just durian or with just red bean kind of thing. Yeah. I saw one with cookies and cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've modernized <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's like made with like a different skin. I think it's called a snow skin. So it's different from the traditional way of making it. Yeah. Uh, and how did you celebrate uh, Mid Autumn Festival this year? So, um, I'm not really big into celebrating it because I guess, like, not having my family over as well, it just kinds of doesn't really have a big meaning with me if my family is not over here. But I did have friends, like, asking me to celebrate it with me, but I guess I didn't have enough time to plan ahead as well. So I wasn't able to celebrate it. But then I did get, like, a piece of mooncake for myself to just, like, yeah, have it. Mm, just to um, celebrate the event, right? Even though yeah. you don't have people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely feel that um, for like, for example, during Raya, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least I have a lot of Malaysian friends here who would try to make it as, um, what's it would like, as Very happening. Festive. Yeah. Ah, yeah, festening. Ah, <laughs> I combined Festive. the two words. <laughs> Festive <laughs> and happening. <laughs> yes. Um, as I can. Um, and yeah, I, and you mentioned about your friends, right? I feel like mm-hmm. here when we are abroad, away from family, those mm-hmm. moments are very special and friends are family. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I've been to like some of the open houses for Hari Raya as well. It's like so heartwarming. Like, everybody gathers to like cook and like just like sit down and talk and dress up like really nicely. This is really nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I miss that. Um, yeah. And how long have you been away from home that you haven't been celebrating uh, events with your family? Um, I've been back into Malaysia last January, which is like before Ooh. the whole lockdown thing happened. Yeah. So it 
been almost like two years since I'm not with my family anymore. Mm. But then for like the more major celebrations, like the New New Year's, I still celebrate it with friends. But the more like minor kind of celebrations, I don't really celebrate it. Mm. Yeah. Can you tell me about the Lunar New Year, and how do you usually mm-hmm. celebrate it? Yep. So the Lunar New Year can also be called the Chinese New Year as well. And I think in other races like the Korean or the Japanese celebrate it as well, but it's just called like a different thing. So for the Lunar New Year, for me, uh, last year I went back home to celebrate it. So I was with my family as well. So usually we are like the older generation will give the younger generation ang pao, which is like the red packets. So it's just like a symbol of like luck and prosperity kind of thing, and. Yeah, we usually just go around different houses visiting our distant friends and family as well, just like to catch up and like have a reunion dinner as well. So, yeah, the celebration is definitely surrounded with a lot of like friends and family, mm. and like a lot of like traditional cookies and stuff, which I miss. Mm. And yeah, just a fun time. <laughs> yeah. I I think this year I celebrated Chinese New Year at the gardens, the Chinese gardens. Yeah, uh, they have it every year. It's really nice to see everyone wearing red, right? Because that that's um, the tradition to wear red. Because yeah. what does it the mean? Sim- yeah, so red usually just symbolizes like prosperity as well. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very special, um, and I can see that with my friends, like how happy they are celebrating it, uh, especially at the Chinese gardens. You know, it mm. looks like home. Mm. Definitely, and I think I heard that you guys had like the uh, was that the lion dance as well? If I'm not wrong. Yes, yes. Yeah, with the lion dance, it's so mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Carmen. Um, so, before the Zoom recording, you did tell me about um, the languages you speak, which is mm-hmm. Mandarin and Cantonese. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me, were, they, were you brought up in a household that speaks those languages? Mm-hmm. Yep. So... I guess for every Malaysian Chinese is very different as well because I guess it depends on which schools your parents attended as well because for my parents, both of them attended like majority Malay schools so they mostly learn like Malay and English at school when I that when like they were my age so they couldn't speak Mandarin really well so they're not fluent in Mandarin but then since they speak to their parents using Cantonese, so they are fluent in Cantonese. Mm. So when it came to me, they made it like a pretty big deal to send me to like a mainly Chinese speaking school so I can learn Mandarin. So while I was in like primary and in high school, I learned like three languages at the same time, which were like English, Malay and Mandarin. And I get to learn like Cantonese from like speaking with my parents and like uh, from like watching like the occasional like Cantonese movie or shows as well, mm. yeah. So for me, I find that my English is definitely more fluent because I definitely consume more like English speaking kind of media's from like movies and music as well. And 
I guess for my Mandarin is not that fluent because I think I have trauma from learning from my Mandarin like teachers <laughs> as well because <laughs> they tend to be really strict hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah and for my Cantonese I find it like I like to think of it as my mother tongue because I definitely feel more calmer when I speak in Cantonese as well because I kind of link it with like speaking with friends and family so I'm definitely more comfortable speaking in Cantonese although I didn't learn it like formally Mm. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's so interesting that your parents sent you to a Mandarin speaking school because that's something that they, they didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, and they really yeah. want you to have it. I feel like a lot of parents do that, you know. It definitely. Uh, like, <laughs> they see like their weakness yeah, and yeah. they want you to do better. Because <laughs> when, when, when you say that, I, I actually felt, oh my God, that's so relatable. Like, that's oh, something really? my parents would do. <laughs> Um, or maybe it's a Malaysian thing or it's just a parents maybe. thing yeah. yeah that is so interesting um, but I'm glad that you know I feel like they really thought about the life path they want you to have and Definitely. look at you today you can speak what around four languages four-ish four-ish yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's actually I feel like I'm quite jealous of people who can speak many languages Uh, I can speak Malay, English I can read Arabic But I can't speak it I can Oh yeah, that's it <laughs> I'm, I can understand a bit of Korean from K-dramas but Yes, I wouldn't, yeah, But I can't say that I can um, That's yeah. like a language, right? Um, but yeah, today is about Chinese language Um So you mentioned about Mandarin and Cantonese. Can mm-hmm. you tell us like the differences? Because for someone who might not know anything about Chinese languages, mm-hmm. they don't know what's the difference between Mandarin and uh, Cantonese. Yeah, for sure. So I think the main difference between the two is that Mandarin is kind of like seen as the more standard kind of language in China as well. And in Malaysia... We only get to learn Mandarin in school. Like they don't offer any other dialect to learn in school. So if you know any other dialect, then it's usually from like your family. So, and I, I've talked to like some people, like some mainland Chinese as well. That actually some people in China they aren't able to speak Mandarin as well. That's like a good portion of them that couldn't speak Mandarin, and they only speak like their own like provinces. A dialect only mm-hmm. and if they want to like move to bigger cities for like more job opportunities they would need to learn Mandarin that's why I heard mm-hmm. so yeah I think Cantonese is seen as the more standard kind of language and it's, I heard that it's also easier to learn Mandarin compared to Cantonese as well because of the number of tonations in the different languages and uh, I think different parts of the world speak more Cantonese than Mandarin as well like Hong Kong Macau uh, Guangdong they speak more Cantonese and also from the state I am in Malaysia which is Ipoh for a Malaysian Chinese uh, we will speak mostly Cantonese compared to Mandarin but for like other states in Malaysia like other Malaysian Chinese may speak other dialects like Hakka or Hokkien as well yeah That's yeah. very interesting because what drives those differences is the locations. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
Was it like when you're speaking? Can you like shift your the languages between Mandarin and Cantonese easily now? Oh, oh, definitely. I think it doesn't really matter if it's uh, which language, but I can shift between all four languages for me. Mm. It's just like depends on like which language I prefer at the time, I guess. Mm. But yeah, definitely, I I usually mix up Mandarin and Cantonese more since like. It kind of sounds similar, but not really, kind mm. of thing. Yeah, and, but mm-hmm, definitely, like if you speak only Mandarin, you wouldn't understand Cantonese. But if you and if you speak only Cantonese, you wouldn't understand Mandarin, kind of thing as well. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've never really thought it that way. Um, you did mention that Cantonese is like your mother tongue. Mm-hmm. I wonder, what is the voice that you speak to yourself? What language is it? English. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, everything is in English in my head. And I guess because, like, you know how I learned Mandarin in school for, like, my primary and high school as well? So for me, when I'm doing, like, exams or, like, any practices of Mandarin in school, I tend to read the sentence in Mandarin and then translate it into English in my head to understand it and then translate it back into Mandarin to like answer my questions uh, which is like a lot of work <laughs> that I realise a lot of people don't do <laughs> uh, it's the struggle of being bilingual or trilingual right mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like I do that as well I feel like in my brain it's either English or Malay mm-hmm. but sometimes when I'm reading something if, if there's like a if it's like um, I don't know what's wrong with my brain but it does that as well the switching the yeah. automatic switching <laughs> I don't think it doesn't have like I don't think it has to do that because I, no, I can sp- definitely not I yeah. definitely spoke to a lot of like, my friends and then I tell them my struggles and they're like huh that's a lot of work for you to do why would you do that it's a lot and I'm of- like I don't know I can't stop myself <laughs> uh, it's a lot of energy um, mm. but it, it is like channeled in a really good way you know um, I feel like knowing a lot of languages, different languages than English, is something to be proud of. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, after the song break, we're gonna learn some language from you um, in Mandarin and Cantonese. Yeah, you'll be teaching me, and uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, but before that, let's have a song break. And we'll be right back.
Back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, you're here with Arina on Connecting Cultures Features, and I'm speaking with Carmen Ma um, for Connecting Cultures Features for New Zealand Chinese Language Week. Hi, Carmen. Hello. Yay! I really like the song you brought us. It was the second song. It's very yeah. like. It's very like flowy in yeah. daylight. Yes, yeah. exactly. Flowy. That's, that's the, the word. Type of Meng Yo is dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what does it mean? The song. Uh, Meng Yo is dream. Dream. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like <laughs> showing her a body language of like flowing, and then she Just said vibing. flowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a really good song. Um, I'll save that in my personal playlists. Yeah. Yes, you should. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that. Um, no problem. Can you tell us a bit about that song that we just heard? Um, like you said, um, dream. Like, but what? I'm not too sure how the title relates to the song, honestly. But then it kind of like, I guess, just like about relaxing kind of thing as well. Yeah, basically, all the three songs I selected is surrounding being more relaxed kind of thing. What yeah. a good time to do that, right? <laughs> Especially this week. <laughs> yes, uh, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, so for this second part of the interview, I hope that we can do some language learning time. Um, so I will let you take the lead, and you can teach me anything you want. And uh, yeah, really excited. All right. So I guess I go with like the more general phrase, like phrases that you use. So uh, you can, I'll teach you how to say hello in both Mandarin and Cantonese. So in Mandarin will be ni hao. Ni hao. Yeah, and in Cantonese is ne ho. Ne ho. 
Yes. <laughs> it's different but similar. Yeah. That's, that's very right. interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess if you want to introduce like with your name as well, you can say Ni Hao Wajiao Arena. Ni Hao Wajiao Arena. Yeah. Is it Wajiao? Wajiao is my name is. Ah. Uh, yeah. And in Cantonese is Neho No Kyu Arena. Neho No Kyu. No Kyu. No Kyu Arena. Yeah. Uh, that one's a little different. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of similar pronunciations for quite a lot of the words, but the tonations are like slightly different as well because I think Cantonese have like, I think six or nine different tonations. Can you define so, by tonations? So, uh, in Mandarin, there's four tonations. So, there'll be ma, 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 ma. So, with different tonations, there'll be different meanings to the words as well. So, yeah, so it quite matters, like, how you use it. But then, me being not that fluid in Mandarin, I usually mix up everything. <laughs> so, uh. for the native Mandarin speakers, I'm very sorry, because I know I'm butchering some of them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I heard that. There are many mean- meanings for ma in like mm-hmm. the different tonations that you say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and um, to say thank you, you can say duo xie in Mandarin. Duo xie? Yeah, duo xie. And in Cantonese, it's duo jie. Duo jie. What about xie xie? you can say that as well. It's uh, a similar meaning. Yeah, it's just that Dorsia is more like kind of grateful. Like, I'm even more grateful than CSA kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Mm, what other kind of phrases do you want to learn? How do you say nice to meet you? Uh, it would be like the ni hao that I mentioned earlier as well. Yeah. Ah, like hello, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, but I think it's more common for people to ask like, have you eaten kind of thing as well. Oh, that is such an Asian thing though. <laughs> it's very <laughs> <love> Asian. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining like, um, a grandma <laughs> mm-hmm. asking, like, have you eaten? And brings a like fruit, yeah. fruit plate <laughs> eat yeah food is our love language <laughs> yeah oh my god um okay <laughs> okay <laughs> so so in Mandarin if have you eaten will be 你吃饱了吗 你吃饱了吗 yeah 你吃饱了吗 你吃饱了吗 yeah there will be yeah have you eaten in Cantonese would be Lisekzofan me, which is like have you eaten rice yet? But it's, it's specifically it rice. <laughs> yeah, rice can be food. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. Oh, that is actually a really good um phrase to learn, right? Oh uh, yeah. I remember going to China. Um mm-hmm. I think we went to Beijing and Shenzhen. We went to the restaurant and we wanted to ask for fried egg. Oh, yeah. We didn't know how. And back then, there weren't any like 
like the translators that we used to have. So we mm-hmm. we have like a book. Um, how do you manage? <laughs> we did. Blah, blah, blah. Oh no! Is <laughs> it like the egg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so no. we'd use like our actions to show that something that comes from a chicken, yeah. that egg, fry uh-huh. on a pan. <laughs> How do you convey you want it fried though? We 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 showed it some. We showed some. Pan. Yeah, the pan. You know, and like. That how it lo- that's how it looks like. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it is so funny to think about how language barrier can affect. All we wanted was a fried egg, but because we couldn't speak that language, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, also, my great grandma is Chinese, so mm. my dad looks very Chinese. So people would expect him to speak Chinese, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, I feel like next time I will be more prepared when I go visit China. <laughs> mm, definitely. I mean, now you have a lot of technology to like, translate a lot of words, so you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no more horror stories at the restaurants. Um, yeah, thank you for teaching that um, the basic readings and self-introduction. Yeah. Uh, what about numbers? Oh, numbers. Yeah, so they'll be a bit different as well. So have you learned the numbers before? I feel like I only remember a few. Um, a few. Okay. Can I try just to see yeah. if I remember? Definitely. E, a, san, se, u, liu, chi, pa, that's it. <laughs> oh, you're almost there. Yeah, I know. I'm almost numbers. there. Yeah. I'm at yeah, eight, so, right? Yeah, you're at eight. Uh, yeah. So you got it mostly correct. So be e er san si wu liu qi ba jiu shi. Jiu shi. Yeah. Okay. And in Cantonese, you'd be like, quite a lot of them like, sound similar as well. So one is yet. Yi Sam say m lo tat bat gao sap. Ah yeah, yeah a few so, numbers is similar but like the but back the, ones are like so different. Yeah, it's very different. It's a different vibe. <laughs> Were there any situations where um a word in Mandarin is different to a word in Cantonese do you know what I mean like like for example this word means something else in Mandarin but it actually means oh. something else so you got confused between the two languages I don't think so I think um, like when when writing Cantonese as well because I never learned it formally but then when I watch like, shows they will have like the subtitles as well so usually the Cantonese they use like different characters as well because the things we uh. say in Cantonese is slightly how we will word it in Mandarin so yeah I don't think I've come across a case that the words will have different meanings in the two different languages uh. yeah I'm not sure yeah I don't think so okay just curious <laughs> yeah no okay. uh. oh that's interesting um mm-hmm. So for our listeners out there 
who might be interested to learn about to, to learn Chinese languages, do you know any resources they can find? Um, not really, but from how I learn Mandarin and how to like maintain, I guess my Mandarin level as well. I would definitely recommend like having friends who can speak Mandarin or Cantonese, because they'll be very helpful as well. Or like to watch more movies or um, shows in Mandarin as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's how I got Korean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. And also, as part of the New Zealand Chinese Language Week, um, you can find resources to learn Mandarin and Cantonese on their website, which is nzclw.com. You can find a lot of resources there for beginners, intermediates, and experts. Is that my last words? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so if you are interested, definitely go find those resources um, Carmen do you have any last words or tips um, to share to our listeners out there um, I would definitely say that I don't know I would enjoy it more if more people learn Mandarin and Cantonese because I think it's quite like language is quite a meaningful kind of like cultural tool that we use I guess like it's very important for our identity as well like I see a lot of people of like uh, Malaysian Chinese or like Chinese in general they come into like more English speaking countries and like tend to like lose the Chinese language I'm like I kind of lost the Chinese language myself as well so I kind of feel bad so yeah to me it's quite important to learn the language you're kind of like should be speaking kind of thing because it's just kind of like maintaining your cultural aspect and like to be able to talk to like your like grandparents as well or like your family members as well hmm. yeah and from knowing that language is how you get to know traditions you know you make connections with people and it's really yeah it's really special mm-hmm. yeah yeah but thanks for inviting me to like speak on the topic as well. Yeah, I you were the first person I thought of when I <laughs> saw the word, when I saw that New Zealand Chinese Language Week was happening. Like, Aww. oh, that girl who can speak <laughs> both. Ah, <laughs> hmm. thank you so much, Carmen, and I hope you have a really good week. You too. I just wanna be happy. Don't be afraid to ask. Maybe really it's the coffee. Don't ruin the bedroom. Call, call, can I just get a little, can I just have a l i t t 可以改变，为了事而改变，是说人生有时候常精彩，就算在第一排，谁跟别人进了？虽然金钱重要，事业重要，未来重要。And for day, let me be, I just wanna be happy, 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 like you, like me, I just wanna be happy. 
happy, 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 hey, no worries. Why the habit? Don't don't pop your title, y'all. Take it easy. Show she eat check out day. As long as you are happy, not teeth, don't be a me when tea. Happy, happy, comfort, power. Myself, Arina, the station's community connector, every Friday at 12 p.m. for the new Connecting Cultures Features live show, featuring interviews with the multicultural people of Dunedin. So up next, we have the Dunedin Community Notice Board for you to find out about events and notices from the Dunedin community. Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM.
love, never my exes, no, no diamond rings that's set in stone, to the left, better left alone, didn't wanna be a princess, I'm priceless, a prince not even on my list, love is a drug that I quit, no doctor could help when I'm lost. I'm at the sun, This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.